you're listening to episode 77 of the Quiet Rebels podcast. And my lovely, this is the final episode of 2020. Can you believe it? My goodness. So I had to make sure that the last episode of the year was a hella good one. And boy, oh boy, did my guest deliver. And please do listen to the very end of this episode because my guest has set up something extremely special just for us Quiet Rebels. We are the name of a discount code for something super special. So trust me, you're going to want to, you're going to want to stay for that. All right. (laughs) So without further ado, let's dive in to how we can personalize our productivity. Hello, my lovelies. This is May Kay Sang, your podcast guesting strategist and mentor, cat lover, and the proud host of the Quiet Rebels podcast. This is the place for experts on the rise who are finally ready to stop playing small and to start showing up as the leader they've always been. And contrary to what you might think, you don't have to be the loudest person in the room in order to be heard. You've always been the type to see things differently and you've always chosen another pathway if the one laid out in front of you just doesn't align with your way of life. You're not alone in this. So to help you on your journey, I'm bringing conscious conversations to the table with myself and guest experts who will help you with the inner work that needs to be done in order to make a positive impact on the world with what you do. I see you. And now it's time to hear you, my friend. So please welcome to The Quiet Rebellion. Hello, my wonderful Quiet Rebels. I am so, so thrilled for this final conversation of 2020. And the special guest I brought on today is the perfect person to fill this space because she's going to be speaking with us how we can personalize our productivity. And what I love is that she really helps people to find a space where ease and efficiency meet. So I'm super excited to bring on my dear client and friend, Karina Lawson. So Karina, welcome on to the Quiet Rebels podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. Yes, it is. Like we recently went together for a VIP day. So I'm like, oh my God, I have to have your story on this podcast with your zone of genius. So here we are. (laughs) Right. So Karina, before we get into all the goods for this much needed conversation, kind of like away from just hacking because I feel like um, I feel like hack is a very it's very strong somewhat abrasive word and I love how you just kind of have a holistic view over productivity and that's where the personalization comes in but before we get into the good I am so curious how you got into this space because you have quite the story so basically I have a 15-year career in corporate business improvement. And as a trained business analyst, I've always had a passion for helping organizations do the best that they can with the resources they have, and more importantly, helping the people within it do their best work. So not only are they looking forward to the work, but they're doing working to the best of their ability. And even prior to that, I've always watched my mother uh, take down notes and be really efficient with her time and, you know, juggling family and her her work and in a, in a leadership position in a factory. So like that was always um, something that I aspired to do. And 
after, like even while I was still working in the corporate world, um, I had twin girls. And so I felt I really wanted to honor the time that I was spending with my family. And more and more, I would hear from different women who, who worked um, that they really longed to do certain things that seemed quite simple to other people, like going for a walk or having time to go to an exercise class. And I would often observe women write in the margins of their diaries or whatever place that they were taking their notes down, um, the things that they wanted to do, like hairdresser, question mark, on the margin of their planner or their notebook rather than front and center, yoga, question mark. And so I really wanted to help women make empowered decisions with their time because I found that my health was suffering with the lifestyle that I was leading. Um, I was leading a very fast-paced life. I was overscheduled. I was overbooked. I was overstretched. And I was successful. And I felt that there had to be a way where that didn't take such a toll on me physically and emotionally. Um, you know, uh, you heard me mention my children earlier. They had never missed a doctor's appointment. Everything uh, for the house was, you know, done and sorted. I never missed a deadline at work. But yet I was always postponing my own appointments, much like the other women that I would talk to at work. And I was postponing medical appointments. And even though I wasn't necessarily feeling very well, um, I just thought, like, oh, I'll just get to that later. I'll just get to that later. And what turned out um, is that I had been battling not one, but two autoimmune conditions as a result of postponing um, so many medical appointments because I didn't feel that they were important. So um, I got into, like, I just basically burst through the door of the world of personal productivity after having had so much experience with corporate productivity and efficiency and, make it, you know, being open to the possibility of helping um, other people's lives as well. Like, I really didn't want to see other women uh, feel the same way that I was feeling. I certainly don't want my children to ever feel like they have to choose between um, their role as a professional and their role as a mother. And I definitely want to make sure um, that people work in a way that feels right to them, that there's a new way that's fresh and functional for them to do their best work and do the best they can. Mm. Well, I just want to take a step back and just say, wow, <laughs> because you have been through a lot and being able to kind of juggle all of these roles and especially as a woman, because I know that we haven't spoken about it so far in this interview today, but I know from our VIP session that we did very recently, um, could you speak to how it was like for you from when you before you were married versus after you married and how your role changed as a woman absolutely so before um i got married my career was doing extremely well and i was uh pursuing my mba at the time and after i got married like because i i live in the gulf um I was then labeled as uh, an expat wife and um, as a trailing spouse. And my professional accolades kind of seemed like an afterthought with that label. And I know it's not something that is just 
Um, it's something that we shouldn't pay that much mind to, but it always bugged me in the back of my mind. Like I was doing so much and, you know, to make sure that I stayed current within my industry, that I was doing the best work that I could. Um, I was just getting busier and busier and I was getting more and more upset that, uh, the work wasn't getting recognized. Um, so after I became a mother, like I just really wanted to make sure that, I wanted people to feel like they're more than more than the roles that they play. Uh, I would either be identified as uh, this trailing spouse or I would be identified as the working mom or the mom that forgot to bring the cake on <laughs> one of the school functions. And it, I was just trying to serve like different areas of my life. And I knew that I wasn't doing the best that I could because quite honestly, there were certain parts of my life that I didn't necessarily care to um, you know, make that much effort into, and I'll, I'll tell you a fun story. Like someone once uh, suggested when my children were five months old, my twins, um, that it would be, you know, great use of my time to make fresh almond milk by hand <laughs> at home. And, you know, trust me, uh, I tried, it didn't taste great. It tasted gross. And like, the, it's just the way maybe the, that I made it. I don't know. Um, but I felt that I had to do that for some reason to be labeled a good mother. Mm. And I felt that I had to work later to be labeled a good professional. And Mm. so at one point I just called it and I called it when I realized that my health was suffering and that my mind was spinning because of all these different nudges and tugs and pulls at different parts of my, myself really. Um, And I started having conversations with other colleagues and friends and you know I knew that I wasn't alone in that area either um you know not every lunchbox has to be Pinterest perfect um Mm. it's completely okay for you to have a healthy meal without you having to cook yourself which is why I take Tupperware to my mom's house every time I go over there (laughs) but um you can be this person that you aspire to be without having to prescribe to all these different ways of doing it you can find your own way and you can find um a new practice for your new reality if you're a young mother uh you can adjust the way that you plan and deliver on things at work or at home um if you are a new professional and you're trying to you know uh go to school in the morning and then uh, take uh projects that you work on in the evening um, there is a way to make those things work together in a way that does not take a toll on your on your health and on your well-being. Mm, oh, the the almond milk. I mean, I, I'm not genuinely a fan of almond milk myself. I am a fan of oat milk personally, but I, I just I bought some like freshly made oat milk the other day, and my sister asked me, "Hey, Mickey, like, do you make this at home?" And I said, "I could, but I don't." one because I I don't want to make endless flapjacks and oatmeal with the oat pulp because when you strain that thing through the through the cheese that uh, was it the cheesecloth I guess what it's called yes. yeah yeah the cheesecloth when you strain that stuff you need to use the pulp otherwise just a, it's just a waste and I don't like waste so <laughs> I mean there are so many different ways that we can there are so many shoulds that we have yes. placed upon us and for so long we felt like we've had to take whatever people give us 
in order to uphold this identity that we have claimed now, no matter what season of life you're in, whether you become an entrepreneur, whether you become a, a mother, whether you have become a, a wife. And, and I know I'm speaking mainly to the women right now. So for all the gents listening to this, you know, you can reverse the role for yourself. <laughs> so there are so many identities that we claim over our lifetime, which is why it's so important to realize that productivity is not a one size fits all. And that's why I'm so excited to really dig into this today because you know, your approach is really being able to personalize productivity that works for us in our current season of life. So when your clients come to you about this, Karina, where do you start? Like, how do you start personalizing your productivity? Sure. I think it's really important to have a conversation about and understand what their personality is like. Are you a morning person? Are you a night owl? Sometimes our clients will say to me like, not really a morning person almost with a sense of shame and there's nothing wrong that's me with that. right there like I'm just kind of like shame. slowly raising my hand I'm like <laughs> like you know I like to say you know I am a morning person but I define my mornings starting at 10 a.m which is what like <laughs> true morning people would say like you know there's uh, you, you see online all the time like entrepreneurs like I wake up at 4 30 in the morning and that's great if that works for you. But there's so much evidence to show that yes, morning people are productive. And there's evidence to show the contrary too, that night owls tend to do their most creative work in the evenings, or um, they're able to pay more attention to detail in the evening. So I like to have a deep dive into what their personality is like. And then we talk about perspective, right? So if at this stage in your life, like what do you see happen? What do you see as possible? Right. And I think it's really important to know, like my perspective absolutely shifted when I was, you know, working at university, um, for example, and then I started working corporate, like completely changed the way that I saw uh, my work and how I wanted to deliver my work. The third thing would be to talk about um, um, to talk about basically purpose. Right. So what do you want to gain from this experience? Right. Um, what do you want to gain from having a different or a more comprehensive planning style? And lastly, it's important to talk about uh, bandwidth. Right. It's yeah. important to be really realistic about bandwidth. And so when I started my business, for example, I started my business and I still run it most of the time from my children's nursing chair. Granted, they're six and they don't need that um, anymore, but the chair is still there and it happens to be a comfortable chair. And that's where <laughs> I bring my laptop, I put them to bed and I'm, you know, um, and I have to listen to them talk for a little while until they fall asleep. And I'm working from, um, from their room sometimes. And I realized that, you know, I would put one thing on my plan for a month when I was starting my business. And that was to, for example, learn email marketing. That was the only thing. And, you know, sometimes either my friends or my husband or my colleagues would say, well, what about Instagram? And what about LinkedIn? And I was like, this month, I'm going to learn email marketing. I want to be really good at it. I want to make sure that I know enough to be dangerous. (laughs) And (laughs) that was my only thing. And I realized that it was it was important to define what bandwidth was. Yes, certainly, I could learn all these different types of uh, social media. But at the time, it was important that I focused my attention 
laser focused on one thing. I still very much work that way. And when I'm talking to clients, um, they often say, well, but I can also do this and I can also do that. And I'm like, when you personalize your productivity, when you create a plan that's fresh and that's functional for you, uh, no one's questioning what you can and can't do. We all know, like I tend to work with uh, very, um, very capable, highly accomplished people, even though, even if sometimes they don't know it that themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's important to call it because once you know what your bandwidth is, it becomes so much easier to define boundaries in a way that sits well with you and that you can communicate those boundaries to yourself first. And then communicating those boundaries to other people becomes, becomes incredibly, incredibly easy. Mm, so this is speaking to me hella, hella loudly because as you were speaking the different things that you could be learning, I was like, yeah, I was literally thinking earlier today as I was getting ready, like maybe I should delete my LinkedIn account. And it's not because I plan on being away from it forever, but it's because every social media platform that we're on, they can become a liability if we are stretched too thin and we're not there consistently. And I don't love showing up on LinkedIn right now. In fact, I don't think I have (laughs) showed up on LinkedIn for quite some time now. But I love showing up on Instagram and Facebook because I have a Facebook group as well. So I just thought, okay, yes, just be singular or how do you say like, you know not what's the opposite of singular (laughs) like (laughs) multiple yeah multiple yeah exactly yeah um (laughs) I was about to say do like do do, (laughs) I was trying to say like dual like you know duality or there we go yeah yeah that (laughs) yeah like I think that having a dual focus on things and you know and as I know for first hand um, I used to serve as a business analyst for a department and as an internal auditor whenever I was called upon to do that so I had a dual role in the uh, in, in my job and I it was always um, difficult or challenging to work to merge the two um, but it I, it was important to have that conversation with my team at the time that for us to be able to deliver the best results uh, we needed to know when to push and pull and when to make space so that we could deliver on solid audit work rather than just try to do everything all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, incremental, uh, doing things like on an incremental pace, like sometimes like works wonders um, so that you can really be laser sharp um, on the focus that you want to, uh, that you want to um, hone in. Mm. Yes. And the reason why, because I, I was kind of like guiltily like raised my hand, but, uh, I don't have a single focus. I might have a dual focus though. And I, I run my focus through what I call the spinning plate theory, where um, if you can like, I don't think I've actually seen this in real life, only through movies, but you know, when people spin plates on sticks, right? So imagine if you had 10 of those, they would all fall and break like all of these plates, but you can do one extremely well because all your focus is there, but you do have two hands. So, you know, maybe you can spin two plates like, you know, pretty proficiently. So that's what I think. I think, okay, which are my spinning plates right now? (laughs) And then I can just run you through that theory. And if it's too much, then the others will fall. Uh, I think quite viscerally. So (laughs) I love that analogy because the person spinning said plates, like what do you call them? Are they plate spinners, right? Like we're going to call yes. sure. <laughs> we're gonna go, Let's go with that. The plate spinner does not start, 
you know, when you see the show and you see them with five, six different plates, right? They don't start with five. They start with one and they become Mm -hmm. really good at spinning that one plate for a while. And then they start to add on the others. And, you know, if that's the way that um, you're, it's important to know how many of those plates you're able to cope with. And that's completely okay. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think they start with 10. <laughs> Not, no, no. Unless no. they secretly have like five people and then suddenly yes. like as the curtain rises, out, like they all run to the side. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's the only way. That must be the only way. <laughs> ah, Amazing. And I, I want to loop back what you said about when you understand your bandwidth, you're able to communicate your boundaries. And this is very fresh in my mind because I ran a training for my my students inside my SBI program this week, all about capacity and boundaries. So I'm curious to hear from you, how do you communicate your boundaries and how do you stick to your own so you do, you're not the one breaching them? Absolutely. I love that question because um, I'm originally Brazilian and someone who's Latin who has <laughs> a Latin mother say no is very very hard for us like to verbally say no um, but you know as I was taking on more responsibility at work it was important first to be able to, for me to identify for myself um, what my boundaries were right and not only that because you you see this all the time like oh here's how you say no and when somebody like me who's an introvert to begin with super Latin. <laughs> it's kind of hard. I'm like, I can't do this. Like, and I wanted to really make sure that I created uh, a space where I was able to do that without fear, without judgment for myself, even because the first thought that would come to my head was like, oh, they're going to think I can't, like, I'm not capable or um, that I don't know how to manage my time. Right. So it was important for me to identify what I said yes to and what I was able to do and do well. And that making that just a simple list that got me excited. It's like, oh, I I know that I can work from if I finish work at 6 p.m., I know that that's when I deliver my best work. If I work after that time, I know that I'm going to be tired and here's what happens when I'm tired. Notice in like that entire, like the entire time that I was talking, I didn't say, no, I don't work after five. No, or after six, I don't do this. I very good at defining what I do, what, when I do it well, mm. uh, why I'm able to do it that way. And what happens when things aren't within, you know, that framework. Right. So, I thought about this lots of times and I I said, you know, how can I say no without actually having to say no? So (laughs) I recently um, talked to a journalist from Grazia uh, magazine and um, there's an article that was published recently. And I talked about, you know, there there are three, like three ways to do it. Mm -hmm. So the first one is to change your email signature to say the hours that you do work and to like on your email signature, like identify, um, what your turnaround time is like or when you do respond to email how many days people can expect to hear from you because that really helps manage expectations mm-hmm. um the other thing too is that i had emails written that you know to communicate my no um because oftentimes like would be i would be sitting on an email that would come through and i and I knew that I couldn't say yes to a certain opportunity. And so having those professionally written emails 
in a uh, template <laughs> that I can just quickly just load into Gmail and respond it that way. Um, that kind of took the pressure off. And the more I hit send on those emails, the easier it became to identify, like for my brain to identify, oh, this is a request for this. We don't do that in our company anymore. So here's a response. So that became very easy. And the third one was, I love this. Um, I recently discovered uh, the app Boomerang on Gmail. So even, I love it. It basically, it's an app that pauses your inbox. So even if you want to, keep working, for example, because, you know, you can just answer that one last email and I'm sure you can. It doesn't mean you should. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, at least in, in, uh, for me anyway, like I'm, I have a very clear boundary of when it's time for me to work and time for me to spend with my family. And I want to be able to do the best work that I can and know when to turn my computer off without giving it a second glance and then move into that next part of my life. And so I use Boomerang to do that for me and say no. And it automatically goes into my out of office when, you know, my work day is done. And so those are the three tips that I say no without having to say no. Like I let technology do that for me. <laughs> oh, I love that because I, I'm not, well, I'm getting better, to be honest, uh, with saying no. Because I made a simple shift in the language that I use. Instead of saying I can't, I will say I won't. And the word can't comes from a very disempowering place, but won't is a very empowering place. So I just make it clear what I won't do. Because, and the way that I communicate this um, to somebody who's sending me a request to do something, whether it's running a training or for a podcast interview. I will be very honest if like if I know that my bandwidth is completely taken up or is very close to being taken up, I would say that I won't be able to deliver at my, you know, at my best capacity because I'm currently like my bandwidth is nearly taken up. I'll, I'll say something along the lines of that just so that they know it's not me saying no to them. It's just protecting my boundary and boundaries are not for keeping people out is really honoring yourself. And I think that's something that really needs to be communicated a lot more because boundaries often uh, when people talk about it is pretty much like keeping people at arm's length, <laughs> you know, but it's actually honoring yourself and protecting your energy, protecting your capacity and your capabilities so that you can show up the best for others, you know, as well as yourself. I love that. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I'm so glad that we're talking about this. <laughs> yes, and the three ways to say no without actually saying no. That's going to be like an amazing highlight of this <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so as we start wrapping up our conversation, Karina, I can't believe time has flown by so fast already. Are there any productivity hacks and things out there that you really want to shed some light on right now? Like as to why we shouldn't listen to it or just something for us to be aware of that can actually be detrimental to us personalizing our productivity style. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. There are quite a few. Oh, the yes. first I, I can see, I can see from your eye, but <laughs> oh, that's a huge list. <laughs> that's probably the top three. I'm sure you have plenty more. <laughs> yes. Um, I really, first of all, I would really love for you guys who are listening to understand that there's a difference between productivity and efficiency. So mm -hmm. productivity is about the quantity of work that you're able to produce 
Okay. Mm -hmm. And efficiency, on the other hand, is basically, it refers to the resources used to produce that work. So like Maykay was talking earlier about a capacity, right? And um, she was talking about um, her bandwidth. So um, the more effort, time, or uh, bandwidth required to do the work, the less efficient the process is going to be. So I really want you to decide whether you want to just do more and hate it <laughs> or <laughs> do more of what you love or do more um, in the so that you do the best work that you can. So if you hear a headline or if you read a headline uh, that says waking up at 5 a.m. is going to make you more productive, that may be true. But if, like, however... That might also make you more, <laughs> it might make you angrier. It might make you uh, feel like you're behind because you're just not able to wake up that early. Um, or if you have to join a 5 a.m. club, like, you know, again, you get to call the shots. This is your life. And there's a new practice for a new reality. We are just in the middle of a pandemic. Um, you do what you feel is going to make you more efficient, not necessarily more productive. Um, so that's just one of the things that um, you join whatever club you want, <laughs> whether it's a 6 a.m. club, the 10 a.m. club, you know. Who said um, it's a.m.? I'm like part of the noon club. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I schedule all of my calls at least 2 p.m. onwards. And it's not that I wake up at 2 a.m. I wake up in in the late morning because I, I have late nights. And it's purely because my lifestyle right now, my partner is a late worker. So when she comes back from work, if I was asleep all the time, then we'd pretty much never see each other. <laughs> so that's not going to work well. So I ain't waking up at 5 a.m. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really glad that you that you mentioned this, the difference between productivity and efficiency and how it really, really does depend on your personal circumstances and your current season of life. Absolutely. Okay, so that was one. Do you have like one or two more um, of these like things to be aware of <laughs> that we see in the space about productivity? and how it could be detrimental for us. Absolutely. Um, the other thing, too, is um, the power of the morning routine, right? And I understand the reasoning behind why it's important. Um, however, how, however long that should take or where that could happen, right? Because most people define a morning routine that starts within your home. And that may be true. But I, especially for the people who are listening who have young children um, and you're trying to preserve your energy by um, trying to get as much sleep as you can, I, I, I know that firsthand. So if your morning routine happens to happen when you first get to work, that's okay. So as long as you have a ritual that gets you in flow to be the most efficient that you can with whatever time that you have, um, I think that's important. So you hear people say like, oh, I wake up at 5 a.m. I'm rolling my eyes right now. I wake <laughs> up at 5 a.m. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. And for any 5 a.m. risers in the audience, please know this is not personal. It's just that it's not yes. for me and Karina. <laughs> It is not for sure. Um, um, so if you know you need to journal for however long for you know, and I love journaling 
However, when my children were young and they were waking up in their twins, they were asleep for an hour and a half and the other twin would wake up after an hour and a half. Like it wasn't realistic for me to say, I'm going to wake up at five in the morning and journal for for an hour or half an hour. I still journal, um, but that happens before I turn my computer on for however long a song plays on my phone. Like I'll put a song on and I'll just journal for however long that takes. That helps me feel productive. That helps me feel efficient so that I can prepare myself to be efficient um, at whatever it is that I'm going to be doing. Um, so by any means, yes, adopt a routine. It doesn't have to be a routine that begins in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third tip that I have is to, um, or like basically the hack that I, have, that I see people talk about a lot is to um, uh, basically organize every minute of your day or every hour of your day or mm. batch work, right? Um, I understand the, the need to batch work. Um, I, however, have seen firsthand how anxious some people can feel when you present to them a calendar that's color-coded and every minute of their day is planned for. And the truth is, is that that can work for some people, but not everybody. And mm-hmm. if you are working with someone who already is anxious about where their time is going, where they have too many plates that they're spinning, and you present them with this color-coded calendar that where every minute of your day is accounted for, you know, in my experience, that has only made them feel more anxious. Mm-hmm. And if they miss one of those beautifully color-coded slots on their calendar, they already feel like they're failing. They already yeah. feel like they're behind, right? So it's not that I don't batch my work, for example, or that I don't advocate for batching work. However, I have made a twist to make it suit <laughs> my lifestyle. I don't batch work by the hour because anything could happen um, in all of our days, right? Like as mm-hmm. 2020 has shown us, or yes. <laughs> even if it's not 2020, let's not blame 2020 for everything. But um, just yesterday, I had to cancel two meetings because I had to take my children to the pediatricians. So, and that was important. That had to happen. And so um, I batch work by the weekday. So for example, every Monday is the day that I will look at marketing for my business. I will make it a call it a marketing Monday. That doesn't mean that it's going to happen at 4 p.m. on a Monday. It's going to happen on Monday. It's going to happen whenever my day is done. Like, my work day allows me to get to it, whether it's for 15 minutes and that's all I was able to do or an hour. Um, if it does take slightly longer, I will make sure that I have a makeup marketing day the following week and everything else kind of gets juggled uh, across accordingly. That way I never feel like I'm behind. I always have one day of the, of the week that's a catch all for everything. Yeah. Um, but certainly I'm not personally able to, advocate for, um, you know, schedule every minute of your everyday. Um, It's not realistic for most people. Yeah. And when when you said the the color-coded calendar, that that would freak me out because (laughs) one of my core values is freedom. So if I feel that my calendar is not giving me any freedom, then I will rebel against it. (laughs) I'll be like... I'm like, who said I've got to do this at this time, at this precise moment? I don't do well when I'm given orders. Um, I like having a flexible uh, flexible framework like yourself. Um, I call them theme days. So mm-hmm. every Monday and 
and Fridays. And Mondays are more marketing Mondays for me, and they're much more freer. I'm not doing any forward-facing um, like Zoom calls, whether it's trainings, doing interviews, or having client calls, VIP days. I make sure all of those happen on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. But Friday, that's my private development day, for the most part. Um, tomorrow's an exception for a VIP day, but <laughs> near the end of you know my my 2020 work schedule. Anyhow, the Friday is private development day, and that's when I work on myself. You can call it personal development if you want to it's basically when I just I do a lot of reading I do journaling I do something to better myself so I'm able to show up you know better each time each week and it's been really lovely to have some form of structure but to have that freedom just to kind of pick and choose when I choose to do tasks just like you said yeah Oh, my goodness. Oh, Karina, it's been such an amazing conversation. And I am sure that there are plenty of people who in the audience listening right now that, okay, I need Karina's help to help me personalize my productivity. So for those who would love to get to know you better and to connect with you after this interview, where can they go to find you? Absolutely. They can find me at uh, We Are Ponder Lily, uh, or they can find me at www.karinalawson.com. Okay. And I realized at the very beginning, I don't think we mentioned Ponda Lily. <laughs> we, <laughs> we should have. So, everyone, Karina is the amazing creator behind Ponda Lily planners, which are, and I'm going to allow Karina to explain this because I don't want to completely butcher the marketing and the messaging for this, but I am a huge advocate for these planners and Karina will tell you why. <laughs> so, go for it, Karina. <laughs> So basically, when I'm not working on my nine to five, um, I'm the founder and creative director at Ponder Lily, where um, I provide creative direction and oversee strategy at this company with my family. And what we do is that we make sustainable stationery that work for people who do too, whether that work is done at home or in a sky rise or in a corner office and sometimes both. Right. Um, I started this company. Um, because I really felt the need to provide people with the tools that they could start their day on the right foot without having a massive to-do list. Um, mm. And our commitment really like is to intentional living and sustainable lifestyles, like influences everything that we do. And we source eco-friendly materials to uh, provide gentle prompts that help uh, people deepen personal insights and help people really put themselves back on the agenda. And um, our heart, like basically in our company is really for the people who need support from work to weekend and everything in between so that they can really move, make, make their moves with ease, grace and confidence. Mm. Oh, I love that. And so definitely going to pop all of these links into the show notes so that we can like, you know, browse and invest in these beautiful planners because my, uh, one of my team members, Annie, she, uh, when she was booking you in for a VIP day and then she was like, she was just curious about planners. And then she was like, Megay, I want to buy these planners. And I'm like, hang on, <laughs> hang on, wait, let me buy it for you. Like you're at the team gift Aww. or something. <laughs> so they are really they really are beautiful and I just want to say you know thank you as well for going the extra mile to source sustainable materials because you know here at you know in my personal life this is like I asked for um what were they called um reusable period pads for Christmas 
I asked for beeswax, not cling film, and even this like cork eco-friendly made yoga mat. And it's something that I'm very, 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 very conscious about now. And especially after watching the documentary A Plastic Ocean, that was absolutely devastating. And I just want to say thank you so much for really making that a priority with these planners and everything in between. Wonderful. So, Karina, I've got two final questions before I let you go on your merry way. And so the first one is, what makes you a quiet rebel? Um, I am genuinely quite shy. And um, even though I'm quite shy and I'm an introvert, people didn't see it coming when I had launched my company. Like, I like I said earlier, like I still do work from my kid's nursing chair, um, you know, um, whenever I have time, like in between moments, right in our house. And I have very, very strong feelings about (laughs) very strong feelings um, (laughs) about the message that is put out there in the world about how people should be productive and what they Mm. could do with their time. And, um, you know, when, the people receiving these messages are doing the best they can and they already do enough and nobody sees or talks about the enough and nobody talks about what enough looks like. And we've become desynthesized about what that means. Um, And so I am here to raise the flag for, to wave the flag for all the people who don't um, necessarily want to, tick every item on their to-do list, the people who are rebels to kind of choose what goes on the to-do list in the first place, um, what deserves to be on there. And um, the people who choose to say, I'm going to take care of my health first uh, before I get to this. I am going to work from these hours to those hours so that I can do the best work that I can. Um, I am going to be the best uh, professional that I can be. And uh, I'm also going to be a working parent and uh, be proud of those of those things. Um, even in a culture where sometimes you have to be one or the other. Um, so, yeah. And I feel like I'm a quiet rebel because I don't make almond milk. And I'm proud to say that I don't make it. I buy it at the store. <laughs> and, that is good enough for me right now. <laughs> Wave that flag, sister. And it makes me think, okay, I'm just I'm just putting it out there. Quiet Rebel merch at some point. <laughs> Whether it's going to be T-shirts or actually literally a mini flag. <laughs> Quiet yeah. Rebellion. That would be amazing. But hey, that's a future idea. But I love that. Thank you so much. And finally, one of my favorite questions for every single interview. So if you are a frequent listener, then you know what's coming next. But if you have chosen this as your first episode and you picked a pretty damn good one, when you hear the sound, it means it's time for a fact of the day. So Karina, this is what happens. I ask all of my guests if they could share one weird fact or a fun story about themselves that is not easily found on the internet oh my gosh um so I met my mother-in-law when I was 16 
And then I met, but I didn't obviously didn't know this at the time. Um, then I met my father-in-law and worked with him um, when I was in my early 20s. And I eventually met my husband um, and had no idea that he was their <laughs> child, like no idea. So the, when his parents opened the door, when he wanted to introduce me to them and I was there, they were like, oh, hey, Karina. And it turned out that I knew his mom, his dad, and both his sisters before I had ever met him. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. I, I remember saying to you in our VIP day, I was like, oh, my God, this could be an actual movie. <laughs> is what a story you met your in-laws before you even met your your husband <laughs> yeah and I worked with them like both yeah of them. Yes. so I think it's uh a, we're very lucky that um I get to work with them still in in the business at Ponder Lily so I, I love that yeah oh my goodness that okay that that's one for the history books so <laughs> oh Karina it's been amazing to have you on the podcast but wait, before we actually finish this interview, Karina just shared with me in the green room something extremely special that she has just for us quiet rebels. So Karina, take it away. Of course. So if you guys go to www.ponderlily.com and um, you can use uh, the coupon code QUIETREBELS to get 15% uh, off any of the purchases that you make at Ponderlily amazing thank you so much I'm, I'm so going to use that discount code myself so <laughs> thank you that's so generous of you and I love that the coupon code is actually like quite rebel so yay yes. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful thank you so much for all that information into the show notes as well so my lovelies I really hope that you have been inspired by Karina just as much as I have when I worked with her for a VIP day and again as we have had this conversation so Karina once again thank you so much thank you and so my lovely, there we have it. So everything that we mentioned in today's interview will be popped into the show notes. So be sure to head for that link. And if you haven't done so already, I would so love it if you could subscribe to this podcast because that way you don't miss a single episode and another conscious conversation. And of course, if you feel cool too, I would so appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review because that really helps other quiet ripples find us. Ah, oh my goodness. Okay, another great episode. And so I will be back same place, same time next week for another episode of the Quiet Rebels podcast. So until then, my lovely, do take care and bye for now.